Hey everybody, we're back. Here we are. For another episode of Saturate. This is AOC's podcast. Today with us... Is this live? It is live. It is. We're all alive. If that, is that what you meant? <laughs> Sorry. Made alive in Christ Jesus. This is like cut one right here. <laughs> we don't cut. We, we don't, I haven't learned how to do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time you're ever going to have me here. Yeah. I Here's just like know little, how to record. There's no editing. <laughs> yeah. Little boy in a candy shop. That's right. So um, we're Seriously, excited. Seriously, is to that live? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got Brandon Ziski, senior pastor at AOC. We were able to have some good influence on Julie, and she got us some time with you. Yeah. So we're excited. <laughs> so we, there are so many questions. People have written in with so many questions. Okay, all right, that's a fib, but <laughs> but they should. They should. We have so many questions, like um, really profound questions. Like, it, can a hippopotamus just be a cool hippopotamus? No. Okay. What's the difference between a kangaroo and a wallaby? One's small. That's true. Hmm. Deep. We're already getting mm-hmm. there. What do you What do you think about when you look in the mirror in the morning? My insecurities. <laughs> Molly's trying to make me cry. <laughs> trying to take us there. <laughs> All right. So, um, hey, reflecting a little bit back on this last Sunday, Brandon. There's a couple of things I wanted to ask you. One of them is why go back to basics? What does all this really mean for AOC and for us? Why would we want to do that? Man, great question. Um, discipleship is is the heartbeat of what we need to be about. And and I think a lot of times we, we've just muddied the waters with it. We don't understand it. Um, I think cultural Christianity has kind of taken more of influence than maybe the way that Jesus called us to live. And so... It's always good just to hit a pause button and go back to the simple tenets of what it means to follow Jesus, right? So mm-hmm. we're, why are we here? We're here to tell people about Jesus, but like if we're called to go out into the harvest field, but the process of how we saturate is we need to make disciples. How can we make disciples if we're not a disciple? And how can we even understand if we're a disciple if we don't even know what it means? Right. How would you define like a disciple? Two words, follow me. Yeah. But not me. Right. Hopefully. Yeah, not follow yeah, Brandon. But like, you know, it's that invitation that Jesus gives and it's just simple. Follow me, you know, and that in there, there's so many implications, mm. you know, and I think like Molly and I were just talking about this, how in our society, we quite follow me as like, let's, let's go around a book, study a book, read a few chapters, talk about it, mm. you know, even though that's part of it, but it's mm. not what Jesus had in mind, Yeah, you know? So I'm just kind of curious, um, what was the, can you remember the time that you really said, all right, I'm following Jesus? Like, I know you've shared this on the stage, but just kind of briefly, what did that look like for you and how old were you? Oh my goodness. I was 19. Um, without getting into the whole story, it was a realization that if I were to follow Jesus, it really is every part of my life. Hmm. It's not just, I'm a Christian because I go to church. It's not, I'm a Christian because I try to be good. It was, he demands my all. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't really understand that until there was a point in my life where I realized that there was nothing worth pursuing. 
hmm. besides him. And it got to as far as like, I w- w- want to, you know, and obviously there's been moments where it's been hard, but that was the part where it changed everything. It was just like, it's not just what I think I do, what I define Christianity as. It's, it's my whole life. Yeah. And who were the people that kind of played the role in discipling you? Oh my were goodness. They, I mean, was it the senior pastor or were there other people? Um, initially it was the, the college pastor at the time, Keith Carpenter, who's, um, now pastoring a church plant out in Seattle, Washington at Epic Life Church. Um, he played a huge role in my life, mm-hmm. invested easily four or five years into my life. And we, we did everything together. What does that mean when you get together? Like really show a picture of what that looks like. If I were to summarize it, it's really what Paul even said to the church in Thessalonica, um, shared my life with you. That was probably the thing that changed it for me with Keith was it was not just the conversations. It was the fact that he shared his life with me. He invited me into his family and I got to observe how he lived. And so when I saw how he lived, especially in Mm -hmm. like obedience and to following Jesus, when then he would, we would, he would teach me or go through a study. Like I knew he was doing it. Mm -hmm. And so then I had not just like uh, an a- academic example, I saw a real life example of yeah. that. And so I, and I saw the life he was living. I was like, I want to be like mm-hmm. that. And I knew he was following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And right. so when I was able to use him as my example, I knew at some level I was imitating Jesus. Yeah. You know, so right, right. that that is is huge. And so that's where, like, if I were to say discipleship, where the money's at, is when you can invite people into your life so they can see the way you mm-hmm. live. Not just mm-hmm. talk about the way mm-hmm. you live, but actually see it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's that is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because both are both are good, but I think there's that personal like aspect that comes in when someone invites you into the messy parts of their life. And um, there's a pastor uh, back in Minnesota who um, a friend of mine was being discipled by. His name was Joe McConkie, and um, Joe called my friend Bryce up one night and said. Bryce, yeah, I think you need to come over. Uh, my wife and I are are in a fight, and I want you to watch how we do this. And um, Bryce, you know, came from a a family who he who didn't have parents who were believers or following God, and so for him to come and watch Joe and his wife fight and and disagree in a godly way and try to keep God at the center of their relationship, that um, he always talked to me about how impactful that was to be able to see not only the good things and right. not only the highlights of, of someone's life, but to come into the mess and see um, how broken people fight and right. and hash it out too. Nerf guns, right? Yeah, that's what he Ooh. what meant when he he said that. Yeah, Nerf yeah. guns. Yeah. Thank God for Nerf guns. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so true that more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why like, I love the fact that Jesus said, follow me. I mean, he spent three years with these guys, right. invested into them. And it was just like, we don't have all the moments that Jesus had with his disciples, but you know more was caught than taught, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, come on, our attention spans are mm-hmm. really short. And so obviously they're not going to remember. I'm pretty sure they didn't ha- have the whole Sermon mm-hmm. on the Mount memorized the moment mm-hmm. Jesus taught it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but they saw him live it. Yeah. I think that's what's really good about this series when you are pointing out going back to the basics with the Vince Lombardi example in that I think we'll put words like disciple or evangelize and then we start thinking it's like these tricky Christian words that at some point in my life this is going to I'm going to flip the switch on and now I'm discipling or now I'm you know evangelizing and what it sounds like is 
you're living your life and this is something that kind of naturally falls out. So how would you kind of want to see this rolled out in, in AOC? Um, this was something I actually said at the classic service. I didn't say at the other services was the reality is we're all imitating someone or something Mm -hmm. and someone is imitating us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah. And so that's why I love the way we're crafting the series called it No Accident. Mm-hmm. It, it's intentionality. And I think as a believer, we need to get to a place where we can say, like Paul said to the church in Corinth, imitate me mm, that's good. as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's like, that's an intentional effort. And I think a lot of us, like, to be honest, even myself, like, I don't want that responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. I really just don't want that. Like I will imitate someone, but mm-hmm. I don't want someone to imitate me because I know what that means. I have to invite someone in to see my life, not just talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think there is like cheap discipleship, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or right. we just we just check in, but r- real authentic discipleship is someone who's going to share their life with. Now I'm not saying you got to live with them, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, but it's just like let them in and see the other parts of you and, and model that well, but it takes intentionality. Um, but as to where we're going, my goodness, there is a major shift happening in our culture. That's not a shock across the churches. And I, and I liken it to a judges two ten moment where in judges two ten, and it says roughly says this, um, that there arose after Joshua and his generation, another generation that didn't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just go, how did that happen? I mean, Joshua's generation was kind of like, you know, big deal. Cross, you know, part one cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land, totally. and then that happened, and then you get the Book of Judges, and so there was some miss between one generation passing it down, wow. and and I, honestly, it's not like for lack of telling people about stuff. I think it's lack of showing it, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think we, we we're facing that, and so specifically as millennials and Gen Z and other generations are coming up, and Austin is going to be sixty percent millennial and younger in five years, right? you know, we know that they're the most unchurched, biblically illiterate generation. Well, discipleship is, is the call. How do we imitate that? How do we Mm -hmm. do that? So that's where I'm excited for us as a church to go. We need to get back to square one. We need to be intentional on this Mm -hmm. and not think that it'll accidentally happen. Mm -hmm. Now I will stop talking. (laughs) Because <laughs> I feel no, like it's just me. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, and I think thinking about the fact that like we are creatures of imitation. If if people are not learning that from us, they're gonna get their questions or their answers. Um, they're gonna seek those out somewhere else. Um, so if the church isn't answering them, or people who who are believers aren't answering them. Um, they're gonna go elsewhere and, and imitate something else. And so, um, JJ, who are those people for you that you feel like you imitated, and, and your life is kind of. It was my youth director. I'm a product of my youth director, really. And my parents started, my dad surrendered his life. We started going to church actively. And then um, I grew up Catholic. And so um, it was a big change for us mm-hmm. because it, we were the only part, you know, we were the only ones in my family who were kind of really going to a Christian kind of church. Mm-hmm. But these guys really invested in me. And um, even still now, I find it so important to find guys who can speak the last 10% in me. Mm-hmm. And it is hard, right? It is hard for sometimes for guys in particular to to find another guy or another individual to be discipled or to disciple. So sometimes even that first step, because, you know, we're, we're guys, we're tough, we're so, and yet you kind of have to go, hey, do you want to go and be, you know, a, 
a running partner kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how would you even how would you even encourage guys, Brandon, to kind of move in that? You know what? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it has to be anything real formal okay. or structured. Like if you live intentionally, understanding that you are to make disciples. I think you can just go about living that, like with certain people in in a very organic way. Yeah. Like if I was trying to influence you, I don't know if I would start the relationship saying, hey, would you like to be my disciple? I would like (laughs) to influence you. You you know what I mean? But it's like, but in my heart, I'm going, how can I intentionally help JJ take his next step to Jesus? And so then like, I'm, I'm having that intentional mindset. And so I'm thinking about that as I have a relationship with you. And I know some People go, well, that's bait and switch. I'm like, no, no, it's not. It's like, if I'm being authentic, I'm going to authentically love you, but I also know that I'm supposed to help you and you're going to help me get closer to Jesus. So I would just say, just build relationships with that intentional mindset. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can, you just make the ask, you know, there's a, some high schoolers that I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to ask them like, Hey, you want to get together and chat sometime, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, that was it. Right. Where it goes from there, I have no idea. But it's like you got to be intentional. It doesn't have to be super structured. Yeah, let's make a game plan, a one-year game plan. We're going to go through this book and that book. Like for some people, that's good. Mm-hmm. But you you can really invest relationally. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Molly? Who uh, who kind of invested in you? Um, <clears throat> there's this guy for a uh, pastor for my former church, Brandon Ziski. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I heard he's a loser. Yeah, that's uh, right. Both you guys are. Yeah, from way from up north. the Great North. Yeah, you betcha. Um, I got corrected on that. I always say I'm <laughs> from the North, tootin'. and someone from Boston told me that's not the North. So from the Midwest, but um, no, I think my freshman year of college is really when I truly started following the Lord, and there were um, two girls who I kind of accidentally showed up at the, this college ministry that I didn't really intend to get plugged into. But my first night there, they came up to me and were really sweet and kind and welcoming. And um, they invited me to their apartment all the time to have dinner with them and um, hang out with them and their their friends. And as a freshman, just getting the opportunity to go off campus and um, make meals with older upperclassmen felt really um, special and felt like I was a part of something. And so uh, I feel like those two were really the first two people that kind of... Um, invested in me like that and just showed me what it's like to follow Jesus and watching them, you know, like they never told me like, oh, you have to read your Bible or anything like that. But just watching them do those things Mm. um, made me want to pick that up too. And just watching them love other people, I saw that they were different. And so there's been lots of people along the way, Brandon being one of them and um, my former college pastor back home too. So um, we're all pretty big influences, but I think it's really about the invitation Mm-hmm. And I think we've all kind of said like time together, right. but really the, I, I feel like there's like a behind the scenes type of aspect that is, makes you feel special and makes you feel a part of something yeah. that makes you want to stick around and, and pick up like why that person is spending time with me and, and what are they doing? Like, you know, you, it's kind of like you feel undeserving to be there, but at the same time you want to stick around and you want to be a part of, of this person, be, person's life because for whatever re- various reasons you you respect them or you look up to them. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So, um, Brandon, let me ask you, when what excites you the most about coming to work here every morning? You know what? When you go, this is kind of, oh, man, this gives me life. What would you kind of say? Hmm. 
people, I mean, if I were to strip it down to the irreducible minimum, it would say people completely captivated by Jesus. Mm. Um, in understanding that if you're captivated by Jesus, you're going to be compelled to give him away. Yeah. And so a church that is helping to be part of a church, to love Jesus, love him well, and then just to go, how can we flip this world upside down yeah. for him? Um, I do fear, you know, a Judges 2.10 moment. And, mm. and there's just my personal call to leadership. is just when I look at Judges 2.10, I always just remind myself, not on my watch. As long as I'm breathing, I'm going to do my best to make sure that that does not happen. Yeah. Because um, the somber reality is the the enemy, the devil, is about making disciples as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a little more crafty in that. And like the world does a really good job of producing disciples. Just think of our, our young kids with the smartphones and everything else in their hands. Yeah. If nobody's intentionally speaking into their lives, they're being shaped and molded what they see. That's discipleship. Oh, yeah. That's, that's you know, and I'm just yeah. going, we as a church have a mandate where we will not <laughs> fail. It's promised us. We just need to be intentional <laughs> about it. And that's why I love the whole Vince Lombardi piece. Coming back to the basics, this <laughs> is it. It, it, it. We're not cultural Christians. Like the call to follow Jesus is is not an easy call, right? You know, it, we're called to deny ourselves, carry our cross, and be about what He's calling us to be about. Yeah, and that's other people. Yeah, you know, like so. That's what gets me motivated. Mm-hmm. I, I will never be okay being in a church that just wants to play church, that wants to be unto itself, because every day there's people completely lost, and we know the answer, and our lives are no longer ours. You know, mm-hmm. they're His, and we're meant to reflect that and. So that gets me motivated. You know, it's um, when you first got here, too, one of the things you told the staff uh, is, hey, listen, I've got one thing, and that is to listen to Jesus and do what he says. Yes, sir. And uh, never forget that. And as I started talking to others, because uh, you've said that to you know our worship team, some of our all the, the small group leaders, um, we started talking about that and seeing how easy it is, and yet really what you're asking is spend time with Jesus. Yeah. So you, you you can't listen to Jesus if you're not spending time with him. I saw what you were doing there. <laughs> uh, but no, just how good it was and how easy it is and how you keep that in the center part of your, this is my walk, just spend time with him in his word and in prayer. Mm-hmm. And we'll begin to see the fruit from that. Yeah. And um, so it's been pretty fantastic. I love your heart for... Um, not playing church, like let's get busy, let's roll up our mm-hmm. sleeves and let's get into this. Have you felt encouraged being here? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, oh, awesome. That's yeah. so great. Absolutely, man. Yeah. There's there's uh, <laughs> there is so much to do. Yes. I you know, agree. and that's where it's like, man, just even right across the street on Monterey Oaks. Yeah. There's so much to do. Mm-hmm. The school oh. down the street from us. Yeah. I mean, everybody's just half a mile radius from where everybody lives yep. 120 whatever the number is it changes every time i talk to someone but 100 something people moving to austin mm-hmm. every day like it, it it's just like oh my goodness yeah what an opportunity yeah. to share jesus with other people i love it yeah that's some more questions we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back Here's some announcements about what is coming up at Austin Oaks Church in the next couple of weeks. 
Sunday, March 1st, we are launching our growth track again. If you haven't attended growth track, this is just one of the best ways for you to learn about what our church believes and who we are and to get connected and learn more about what your role is in this church. So you can sign up for that. Come and check out our church services. If you haven't been before, we have Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. for our contemporary services. And then we have a 930 classic or traditional service. So for more information, check out Austin Oaks Church. All right, and we're back <laughs> over on the break. Sorry, Brandon's making uh, farting noises with his mouth, so a little, little distracting. I'm but uh, um, over the break, we were just talking about who are the people that we imitate and who have had an influence on us, and um, just wanted to take some time to thank those people and share about the impact on our lives. and. Um, Two, if you're listening to this right now, um, just shoot a text to those people in your life who have been encouraging or been influential to you in your in your walk with Jesus, and just thank them because that stuff is always really encouraging and to hear and know that you've you've your obedience has been impactful. So, um, one of the very first people that I thought of was a lady named Mrs. Matthews. She was I was a, a very infrequent churchgoer when I was growing up, and occasionally I would go to youth group. And every time I went, it was not very often, like every couple months I would go one time. And Mrs. Matthews remembered my name every single time I went. And she just welcomed me into her home and remembered little details about me, remembered that I was a swimmer and that asked me about my meets and just different things like that. And so I always felt cared for, even though I I wouldn't have necessarily um, said I was following Jesus. I was was kind of just showing up because uh, of the welcoming environment, I guess. Um, yeah. And then the, in my senior year of high school, there was a girl named Brie Klotz who every time she came home from college, she would get together with me and ask me about what God has been showing me. And I dreaded getting together with her because I didn't know how to answer those questions because I wasn't really following Jesus. I was just like, I'm a churchgoer and I don't really know what that means. But she asked me really intentional questions and made me think outside of the box, um, the people at my fr- freshman year of college, there was those two girls I shared about earlier, Bethany and Evie, who just invited me over to their apartment. Um, my college pastor, Daniel Olson, was um, super influ- influential and um, was really good at just inviting me to um, go to the next level kind of thing, asked me to be a small group leader, and I didn't think I had that in me and um, reassured me that I did and asked me to join the internship program that we had at our church. and. I didn't think that I could do that either, and, and him believing in me um, really helped me to see the, the best in myself as well. And um, our very own Brandon Ziski too, um, yeah, just kind of the same thing. Really, Brandon was really good at just noticing something in me that I didn't see in myself and um, kind of just speaking that into existence. Even if I, I didn't think it was there, I didn't see myself as um, somebody who what could do ministry type of thing. but. Um, he, him believing in me and inviting me into what he was doing always made me feel like okay if if other people believe in me I can I can do this so yeah yeah who are those people for you guys that's good you're me paper rock scissors it looks like it's me <laughs> um, <laughs> I went with scissors just to let everyone know I won I went with paper <laughs> um, so I mean, this is this is actually a, a really fun question uh, because 
it makes me think of people who may or may not have thought they ever had influence on mm-hmm. you. Like I think of my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Strzeski, who I literally put through the ringer, <laughs> but um, she intentionally spoke into my life. And like, I'm willing to bet she has no clue as oh. to like what that has done, you know? I mean, I was a very troubled kid. I mean, she would pull me aside, speak truth into my life, oh. affirm things that I never saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I was getting closer to the Lord, I think of a guy named Michael Beckman, um, who always invited me to InterVarsity. Michael, if you're listening, I am so sorry for standing you up every single time you invited me. Um, but he intentionally um, prayed for me, reached out to me, invited me to everything, even though I always said no. And then it got to a point where I needed to pursue Jesus because I was desperate. He was the guy I called. You know, so even though like we didn't have any relationship after that, really, it, it was his persistence in reaching mm-hmm. out to me that led me to get to that spot to, of accepting the Lord. So that's influential. Keith Carpenter, um, my college pastor, shared his life, his wisdom. I got to see the ups and downs, the good, the bad. Um, I think Was of he it, in the band, the Carpenters. Or? <laughs> um, no, oh, okay. Keith um, of the Carpenters. Keith of the Carpenters the third. Um, <laughs> no, uh, and, and an older gentleman in our church, um, Pleasant Valley, named Al Jarvinen. Uh, I mean, that dude is a saint. He's super wise, and and he was the guy who, in like spiritually, intellectually, poured me. So he was the guy where we intentionally would sit mornings in his house and pray and read scripture but then i also saw how he lived and he shared with me his failures um i think of brad brinson as a pastor you know who's now um not retired resigned from his senior pastorate in knoxville but like he invested his life into me and still to this day um i would even say chad ellenberg a good friend of mine you know um we're very much just peers you know buddies but the way he lives and follow jesus i always tell him this i'm like dude the way you father your kids moves me like it makes me want to be a better dad Mm -hmm. you know so it's just that type of relationship has really influenced my life um lee hine um a guy at our church up north great leader man of integrity he really taught me what it means to be a person of integrity within leadership as we follow jesus you know, so it, he just invested his life into me, and we had one at once, but also saw how he lived. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I could go on and on, but that I, I would actually even say I have to say this, and I'm not trying to um, get special rewards in heaven for this or at home, but my wife, uh-huh. my wife has really um, discipled me in some ways. I know that might sound odd to some, but really, she taught me what it means to be compassionate, Mm -hmm. to be merciful, to see a different side of God that I normally wouldn't see, Mm -hmm. um, to learn humility and forgiveness. Like, like she's really embodied that for me and I see it all the time. And not only how she interacts with me, but even with our precious little kids, Hmm. you know, so it makes me want to be better and closer to Jesus because of that. Yeah. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Uh, Art Venegas, um, somebody who I really figured out I was playing church until I met Art Venegas. So I was going, I was doing the things, I was sitting. I would even raise my hands in worship. Just, But it wasn't until he took time to really teach me what it means to surrender, or that one word, uh, that I got it. Hmm. And he modeled it, welcomed me to his home, treated me like one of his own kids. 
um, Art Venegas. Um, and then even now still, I, I meet with the worship pastor at Hill Country and Great Hills and those guys. They speak into me and they um, um, all the time. So uh, those other worship leaders at Fletch, Li- Fletch Wiley is a one guy too who, you know, we had him play here mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and he's great. He, um, uh, when he taught me some really neat things about evangelism where we, we were having, let's say, hey, JJ, let's get together and play some jazz. And we did. And there were some other players in the room. And the first thing he does is, I'm going to pray for us. And not everybody in there was, you know, a believer. Hmm. And he just spent, and it wasn't like a short grace prayer. It was, um, you know, he was praying for them. And those guys had their heads down. And I was, I, it was just really neat to see. And his daughter, right, uh, was Tess, who was in Sixpence with me. So um, that's how um, we have a, just a real long connection there, a long time. He's a, a great guy. Kiss me. <laughs> yeah. And then I had some great pastors too, like John Burke. He, I'm a product of him. He spent a lot of time with me, mm. you know, and teaching me about evangelism in his heart. And uh, even uh, our pastor, our former pastor here, Rob Harrell, spending yep. a lot of time loving on me, um, teaching me about grace and a lot of things I learned from him. And again, uh, my wife as well, um, as she is uh, a, a curriculum writer at up at Round Rock. So super smart, and yet, if she were home right now, she'd probably be watching, like SpongeBob or something. <laughs> it's just so silly and fun and sweet and kind, and yet, at a drop of a hat, remarkably like super smart. Like she knows her vocabulary is insane. Wait, so you're saying she's not smart when she's watching SpongeBob? <laughs> she probably is, yeah. <laughs> but she can just be so fun and silly too. So she has, she ha- she can go all the you know. It's just, it's it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, I you know, I hope that as you hear this and you may go, what does this have to do with me? Or what, you know, um, I hope that you're encouraged to reach out to people who've influenced you, who've spent time with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like Molly said, send a text, send something out to just thank them. And if there's anything you need to own, I just even would say that if there's any type of brokenness there or bitterness or any kind of just reach out and reconcile because our God is also he is we're in the ministry of reconciliation yes God reconciling us to him but also I think you know we can just make sure that we're walking good with each other so I'd encourage you to do that Hmm. Brandon what else is uh let me ask you a very open therapeutic question can I yeah so what would you say nervous (laughs) (laughs) well um um, well, one, let me just say this uh, before, before I go there. Molly, you also moved. So how is your, do you guys feel like Texans? Do you guys feel like Austinites now? Definitely you guys not. Feel, <laughs> no? What, uh, what's no. the biggest changes for you? Um, I love Austin. Um, I don't know when, when that period of time is when you become an Austinite or when you become a, a, a local Texan, but mm-hmm. um, not, not there yet. But I love Austin so much, so. Yeah. That, but I, I miss the lakes most of all. Oh. Lakes are different here. They're brown yeah. and mucky. Oh, and okay. Warm. Yeah, they're. I guess they're really they're clear definitely warm. Up there. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. they're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Brandon? Because you've been saying, I, you know, I just went up there. There's like oh. ten inches, of, or I don't know how much, how many inches of snow up there. Too much. Yeah. No, I I, I love it here. 
Yeah. Snow is a swear word. <laughs> so um, if you say that word snow, you need to ask for forgiveness. Right, right. Yeah. I do feel like since we didn't have a freeze, that the mosquitoes this year are going to be nanners. But that's my only thing. You got it. Like, here's, there are some funny things, Molly, right? Like these Texans, they, they say they have mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to understand, the mosquito, we would say, is the state bird of Minnesota. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's worse over there? Oh, my gosh. Way wow. worse. Okay, then I didn't know that. Yeah, way worse. Yeah. You know. I'll stop complaining. <laughs> yeah, you should. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brandon, what, would you, uh, what, what could we l- look forward to this week? How should our hearts come prepared for this Sunday? That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Well, you know, our mission mandate is we, we want to saturate Austin, Texas and the surrounding area with the gospel. And in the way we're flowing, uh, moving this out is saying we're, we can only do that if we continue to develop disciples and authentic leaders who live intentionally. So we talked about discipleship this past Sunday. So this coming Sunday, we're going to talk about what does authentic leadership look like? And again, we're going to strip it down to the core and just go, God has gifted us with gifts for the work of service, right? Yeah. And if you read Ephesians 2.10, you see that, like, he saved us, it's by grace, through faith. And then Ephesians 2.10 says that he created us with good works in mind. So what does that mean, hmm. right? So we, yeah. we leadership and discipleship, they're close, but they're not the same. You know, so we want to talk about what that looks like, a different type of leader that would is authentic, that embodies the character of Jesus. And so I'm excited for it, and we're going to wrap it up by just going, how do we live intentionally? Got it. I love it. All right, we'll see you guys next Monday. Look forward to our podcast. This is AOC out.